This week on Another Brother. Jimmy World is kind of at the at the heart of that memory. Would you say it's in the middle of that memory? Yeah. Yeah, I would yes. say that, Josh. It's <laughs> in the middle. Boom. Nailed it. I'll say this. Oh so this God. is so specifically, so I love the poem, obviously, but the band that I love, their rendition, the the traditional Scottish arrangement they picked, yeah, is Scotcha. A killer song. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like uh, something that you'd be into. <laughs> I mean, that's not. Yeah, right. but no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it's true. It's true. Like, it sounded uh, like your sound. That's yeah. all I'm saying. So, I mean, over there, brother, over there, brother Okay, we're gonna. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we're we're okay. gonna we're gonna count down, and then we're all gonna say the name of our favorite song or the a really good option for what a favorite song would be. Because this is a really stupid, hard question to answer. Yeah. We, we, what we is can, your favorite song? The best song in my life. We can clarify why why we chose it as a favorite song. True, true. Okay, three, three two, one. Little. Okay. I, just, I, couldn't I didn't hear, hear anybody. Yeah. Said, I just heard me. I think Jacob said blog a little. That's close, actually. <laughs> Did you say Scottsdale? Something like that. <laughs> okay, so who's going to start with what with, with, there's... Yeah, well, what, the oldest. Okay, yeah, what did you actually say? say? Shorter. I said middle. Jimmy E. World. Oh. Uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, good message that some people really need to hear. Uh, sounds like it was probably a heartfelt oh, no. message to somebody yeah. that Alex they knew has, like, and cared happy about. Reasons for liking his song. Mine's going to be terrible. Well, it was it was the first time that I f- fell in love with music that I didn't play in band. Hmm. Uh... So like a more pop type of music that you would just listen to. Yeah. It was the first time, like I listened to Metallica before this and I, I love actually Metallica. thought you were going to pick a Metallica song. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, as much as I do love Metallica, looking back on when I first started listening to Metallica, which is what I thought about when like trying to pick a favorite song that came from a darker mm. part of my life, a darker memory. And not because it was Metallica. Cause as I said, I still love Metallica, but the people that it's associated with the people that got me into Metallica, it's kind of abusive and not, mm. not, not always really fun memories. Yeah. But uh, Jimmy E world comes from a newer group of friends that were like, would the you best say a, part. a better group of friends? Yeah. Did I not? What did, what did I say? <laughs> you just said newer. Oh, just okay. Yeah. No, a better group of friends that were like the core of my youth. The the best part of so much of my youth were, were these friends. And Jimmy World is kind of at the at the heart of that memory. Would you say it's in the middle of that memory? Yeah. Yeah. I would yes. say that, Josh. <laughs> it's in the middle. Boom. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, but like whenever I go back to Jimmy E. World, it used to be like the only band I listened to. And then Anne Berlin got added to that mix. I don't really listen to them a whole lot anymore. But when I do, I'm always just surprised by how much their lyrics just connect with me. Like, I just get what that band talks about, uh, what seems to be important to them. Yeah. Important enough to put into music anyway. They're like down to earth uh, for our style of person, I guess. They they were. I mean, my music taste was built initially off of what you guys listen to and they sure. were a formative band for me too I think for all of us yeah me too yeah, Josh I love Jimmy um, and yeah every time I go back like I, for some reason I do forget about them yeah and every time I go back it's just like oh this makes me happy mm-hmm. how do I forget you guys yeah it's it's just it's happy music yeah it, which, it is which I can't say the same of for Anne Berlin <laughs> all the time like the, the, the Amberlin hits yeah. heavy. It does. It's he- yeah, it's, it's heavy. And yeah, really heavy that topics. can be really great. They're amazing musicians. They okay. I've I've made this comparison before, but if if Jimmy Eat World is like easy listening, Anne Berlin is more art. 
is how is how I kind of look at the difference between those two bands. Not that those are absolute terms, concrete terms to describe them, but to get a relative idea of how I feel about those two bands, that's kind of more like, hmm. yeah, how hmm. I place them. Yeah, that's that's fair. But also, um, Jimmy E World has a lot of heavy topics too. That is true. But the music yeah. just feels lighter. Yeah. Yes, they handle it a little bit more with levity. They have more of a punk rock root yeah to begin with rather than their alt. first album was more punk rock yeah i think it was straight up punk rock and then they kind of changed their their tune a little bit for that uh bleed america or mm. bleed american i yeah. can't remember bleed, bleed american, american. so good such a great album like she's yeah. louise there's some really good songs in the album before that clarity but bleed american is just you remember their song lucky A1. denver mint oh yeah so, Are you have you yeah. seen the music video Oh, see that's that's I'm just what sure I have. Me too. It may, <laughs> the music video is these guys in like like the tight cotton basketball shorts and like sports jerseys and sweatbands, and they're playing fr- uh, ultimate frisbee. They're playing frisbee. <laughs> it what? has no connection to lyrics at all, all right. but it's just the look best. That like that's how you make art out of your <laughs> music video. You can't make it connect with the music. Yeah. Um, but I just remembered, like Jacob, I think you made like a a video of some kind and used an Anne Berlin song in it or, or used not, sorry, Jimmy eat world. Uh, something about angels. When angel, let angels oh. bring you in. That's what I'm saying. That was one of the yeah. heavy topic songs I was True. thinking of. Yeah. You made a music video. I don't know yeah, if it was a music video, that? but it was something related to your mission. Something Here related to Russia I or someone you knew in Russia. Maybe a missionary or I'm not sure. Great song. So many great songs. That is, that, is, that is one of those deep ones. Yeah, it is. I don't I, I honestly don't remember any details about it. I can't I mean you're right. I just don't remember what it was. I'm I mean oh, I can I can talk about J E W for ages. That's such a good song. And they're still going. Like yeah, they're still they, making they're on music. tour like right now. Yeah, I think I think they are. Yeah, yeah. Great concert. They they put on a great concert. Okay, so my garbled song is Scott's Wahey. Oh my gosh! Great choice. <laughs> oh no, should I? <laughs> I never would have thought outside of rock and roll. I know. Hence the theming to our entire podcast. Oh, is it a Scottish song? It's yeah. So it's written by Robert okay. Burns. The, uh, the lyrics so it's a poem no way dang it written my... by Robert Burns in like 1790 something okay but uh you gotta play it yeah, yeah oh, I yeah, don't yeah, know yeah, this the... song well okay I'll say this oh so this God. is so specifically so I love the poem obviously but the band that I love their rendition the the traditional Scottish arrangement they picked yeah is Scotcha uh S-C-O-C-H-A like it's named after the two founding guys last name Scott and Chapman so S C O C H A Scotcha. I like that. This this is the this is the best version. Scots were here with walls blood. Scots one bruised as often led welcome to your gory bed or to victory. Nazi and Nazi, see the front of Adam, see approach Brood Edward's power, chains and slavery. Be a slave, let him turn and flee. War for Scotland's king and lord, freedom's sword will strongly draw. Freeman stand or freeman fall, let him follow me. Oh 
By your sons and several chains We will drain poor dearest things But they shall be free Lay the produce of us low Tyrants fall in every fold Liberties in every blow Let us do our deeds Scots, why This one's heavy. That's a good one. That's a good version of the yeah. of the song. It's the best one. There's like some punk rock arrangements of it that just don't get the feel feel of it quite right. Yeah, it's just a great song. Yeah, so it's like written as as a uh, Robert the Bruce speech. So it's, it's written from the perspective of the Bruce to the Scottish troops before, like as they're marching to the Battle of Bannockburn. Yeah. It's just great. Yeah. So good. It's so good. That there there's a really good version of it in the uh Spotify Scottish folk music playlist. Oh. That I, I listen to that playlist like a lot. Like the pipe and drums uh It's not too dissimilar from that version as far as uh-huh. instrumentation goes. Yeah. They do the vocal harmony a little differently. The guy that breaks from the melody, his harmony is higher, a lot higher pitched oh. than the one they do here. But yeah. I like this one. Too. Yeah, I like this harmony. Um, anyway, so so it's like obviously, so it's Robert the Bruce uh, addressing his troops before uh, marching to Bannockburn to fight against the British, Prince Edward, and um, it's just like meant to be his rallying speech, and it's based on some some truth of what he actually said too. Um, so so there's some historicity to, to the lyrics from Robert Burns, and he obviously like. You know, he's like, you guys fought with Sir William Wallace. You bled with him. You've fought under me before. Like, here's a, kind of our final stand. Which, if I remember right, the Battle of Bannockburn was one of the last huge battles of the War for Independence. Mm. Mm. Like, middle to late 1300s in Scotland. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's a it's a powerful song for me. It was, that was one of the songs that, plus, uh, like, the clan slogan... Mm-hmm. Of courage grows stronger at the wound. Yeah, those two things uh, were just uh, really powerful, <clears throat> really powerful in some of my experiences. And uh, yeah, it hits different when when you're able to observe oppressed peoples just willingly, you know, sacrifice everything to defend their own people. So yeah, plus the uh, you know trying to get back to some Scottish roots and. Yeah. Trying to uh, understand uh, some of the pain felt and endured through, you know, historical generations in the past and stuff. Uh, I think it's important. And yeah, so when we decided we were going to do favorite songs, I that's the only song that ever comes to my mind. Uh, I'd have to like really think to get anything to to jump off the top rope and sure, yeah, yeah, body slam that one away. <laughs> To make a WWE reference, oh, you'll have to, yeah, send that song to me, and I'm, I'm gonna need to look up the lyrics. Uh, so good, and, and just read the poem—not the lyrics, but look up the poem and just right. read the poem text itself as I listen to it. What I find really cool about this—it's—it's uh, it's called a setting when someone takes a poem and puts it to music. <laughs> there are a lot of poems out there that have been set to music by a number of different composers that are obviously completely different songs even though they share the same lyrics because it's the poem. Uh, What I find really cool about this setting, which I think is the only setting of Scott's Way, could be wrong, I I don't really know, but it's the only one I've ever heard. But what I find really cool about it is a lot of people, when they feel like they are in power, they try to downplay their enemies by calling them brutes and savages, which is something Mm -hmm. that was done to the Celts and the Scottish Mm. 
by the British and and uh, Romans too. Yeah, barbarians. They're well, barbarians. Right. Yeah. It's easier if they're not humans. And so you you hear a poem like that that's about going off to battle, and you'd expect different music than that. But there's mm. but the way that this this song has a rolling cadence that just brings on like this quiet fortitude. Like we're doing this. We're doing it for the right reasons. Clear mind. Yeah. Clear, clear mind. Will, clear willpower. Yeah. I mean, the the one, this was the first time I've heard it. Um, and the one thing that stood out to me was, I mean, it, it, it feels like a, a hymn, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a liturgical hymn where they understand the reverence. Well, we know. Jeez, we're all beings. <laughs> you know, the, the reverence. Lot, Mom and Dad. Uh, yeah. The reverence of, of they. Robert Burns understands the reverence and, and the composers, the reverence of, of that subject matter and and of what those men did willingly, like like Josh was saying. It was it was a sacrifice, but yeah. Well we know what the final chapter was and how that all ended, as did Robert Burns when he wrote it. Um True. But uh, after after he wrote that, it actually kind of became a sort of unofficial national anthem for Scotland for mm. a number of years, mm. which leads me to believe as a as an entire people, they all understood, mm-hmm. um, or at least the the folksy part understands the impact and the importance of it. So anyway, great song. If you want a more upbeat version, Thrill McKenzie's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and or just don't be born a Stuart and you probably won't uh, get morose <laughs> morose and somber like us uh, no so need anyway. for you to cry over it <laughs> you're not going to cry over the real Mackenzie's version I'll <laughs> tell you that it's just yeah they protect you alright Jacob you're up okay uh, ah jeez <laughs> dang it Josh <laughs> I know F- following that this just feels almost uh, you could have gone first I know <laughs> I, I made the mistake I, I, that was, I was my about bad. to say something but I didn't want to like tip my hand <laughs> are you sure you want to <laughs> I'm like I, thinking about, I've been thinking about the song all day and I'm like uh, I know it's gonna be <laughs> heavy um, yeah it, it almost feels irreverent going after Josh but uh, it always does <laughs> <laughs> uh, the song I picked is Loved You a Little huh? by by The Main, featuring oh. Taking Back Sunday oh. and Charlotte Sands. You just shared this with us like I a did, couple actually. weeks ago. If I was just a lie to you, well, you were less than that to me. Never loved you a little. Oh. Bit by bit, you built this. Yeah, that's a, that's a killer song. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like... Uh... Something that you'd be into. <laughs> I mean, that's not. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's true. Like, it sounded yeah. like your sound. That's yeah. all I'm saying. So, I mean, first off, maybe I should say, like, I rarely listened to the main. Um, they would pop up on like Pandora for me every once in a while. But M-A-I-N-E, they were A I N E, right? Uh huh. Yeah. I N E. Yeah, that's yeah. what I said. Yeah. So, like, I-, I knew about the main, but they certainly weren't, uh, never were a go to band for me. Taking Back Sunday. That's different. I listened to a lot of Taking Back Sunday through high school. Hmm. And I don't even know Charlotte Sands. Was that her name? I, I haven't heard Charlotte of her before. Yeah. So this just popped up recently as a suggested song for me in YouTube Music. Mm-hmm. So YouTube Music is getting to know me really well. <laughs> um, so, yeah, picking a favorite song is so dang hard. Yeah. So this is like in this snapshot of time, like right now, this is kind of the song that I'm frequently going back to like if i'm just I, I listen to music while i work and when i'm going through some songs every once in a while I'll just go back and and hit this one again mm. i'm i'm probably a little different I, I like messages and the lyrics of songs and stuff but when i listen to music it's mostly the music that sticks out to me yeah no me too it takes me ages to learn lyrics yeah so it, it's it's the beat and it's it's the uh i don't even know how, how to describe that the the color it just has a color, yeah, right? and and in the way that they they sing it, in in the vocal performance, almost I suppose, sure. and the the rhythm of of the the vocals as well. It's like um, dramatized music. Yeah, so I I am the emo listener in the family. Liz has followed me some as well, but I'm not like this. <laughs> 
I'm not a poor tortured soul where it's like emo music just speaks to me. I mean, sometimes it does, uh, the, the lyrics that is, but the music speaks to me. I just, I, yeah. it, it, it's emotional. It's emotive. And it gets, I have, I have theories about that, but go on. It gets me moving. It gets me pumping. Like I want to listen to either alt rock or like emo while I'm like running and doing stuff like that. Again, it's just if, got the energy for me. If it's Matt Cushel <laughs> doing it, I'll watch that all day long. Because <laughs> emo is not dead. Uh, but I agree. And like, yeah, like My Chemical Romance, Helena. Oh, um, yeah. Black Parade. Black Parade. I'm uh-huh. like, I don't really get what you're saying, but these <laughs> music videos and the music is pretty happening. Yeah. So yeah, I, And this song's awesome. I think a lot of people could say this about their favorite style or genre of music, but I think it's particularly true of rock and roll. And one of the reasons why we gravitate towards rock and roll so frequently uh, and have so much over the course of our lives is because I think rock and roll more than any other genre of music. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> more than any other oh, genre of music. Expecting this. Well, you know, once you start making like ultimate <laughs> statements like that, people are going to be like, oh, what did you wait say? a minute. Uh, I think more than any other genre of Defund music. Defund the podcast. <laughs> Defund the podcast. It helps you to let go of emotion. Because mm. one of the Catharsis. hardest things about learning to yeah. be a human being and an adult human being is how to regulate your emotions and just let things go. Just let an emotion go. Like if there's no way to work out the emotion, you just have to, you have to let it go. And rock yeah. and roll, that is a music that's going to help you do that. Yeah, I was going to say uh, emo, emo as well, emo mm-hmm. and rock. Well, I, I kind of, yeah, yeah it's a branch of subgenre. Yeah. yeah, so especially in like the younger years, like the middle school, high school, angsty um, years, years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anxiety-addled years, like I have to prove myself years. Yeah, it kind of took, it helped to convert the unuseful emotions into useful energy and useful right. mm. actions and useful behaviors. Yeah. Um, that's what it's always done for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I can admit I do have a few like very specific memories going back again to specifically emo music and the way that they can emote so well in the vocal performance itself, the, the emotion they pull into the actual singing. You know, I've I've turned on specific songs at times intentionally just to get a good cry out when I've just... yeah. Release that emotion. It's yeah. good. Yeah. It's so good. Like secondhand serenade. How how can you teach a kid the importance of that? You can't. I I don't know how you use words yeah. to teach a kid an important the importance of that. But you give them the right music. I'm not saying you guys are wrong, but this is where we diverge. <laughs> I will oh. do anything I can to not to cry? not have to cry. <laughs> oh, Josh will. Okay, well, will bottle up. It happens a bunch, but <laughs> I I I don't watch rom coms. I will sometimes, but I I just... Oh, uh, well, I'm talking like... It's dangerous for me. <laughs> so, usually the emotions I'm trying... I, I can regulate those kinds of emotions uh, more easily. But when I'm angry about something, I have a hard time just letting that kind of emotion go. Mm. When I feel like I've been wronged or mm. whatever. And that's when I turn to rock and roll. Not Not to get yeah. a good cry on, but like... There are so many emotions that I can yeah. release through just listening to rock and roll. And so the, what I was referring to is like when there are very genuinely troubling, difficult, worrisome times that you're going through. Sometimes just those, I mean, I don't want to call them negative emotions, but the emotions that you hold on to at those times just make it that much harder to to get through the problem, to mm. seek mm-hmm. solutions. Mm-hmm. So if you can just get it, I mean... So that's what I'm saying where I guess you said, you know, turning that. Yeah. Use, useful. Not, yeah. Use, uh, I don't call it useless emotions in it, but turning it into something positive and an energy that you can actually work and build off of. Yeah. Um, that's, that's where I've, I've had to use it there a couple of times. So it's kind of like when I have food poisoning and I know it's going to be a rough <laughs> night and I just, I'm like, well, let's get it over with. And I just force myself to get it all uh, up immediately. And then I have a good night. Yes. And if I don't do that, it's miserable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. <laughs> One other note about that specific song, Loved You Little. I love rock ballads. There are not enough where you have the perfect harmonies between male and female vocals. Oh, yeah. When when they nail it, like, to me, that song nails it. 
And it's just like, it's a whole nother thing. I've got a couple other songs, uh, A Day to Remember. You guys probably don't know them. No. It's a band. No. Oh. Silverstein. No, I've heard, yeah. heard of them. They've each got another one where it's just, uh, <laughs> they're, they're these heavy emo songs, but man, boy, do they pick me up and make me happy. Yeah. Just because the harmonies are so good. Yeah, the du- the male-female duet. Yes. Power like, Let Angels thing. Lead You In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah good song. call. Dude, did you turn on the radio? No. What are those lights flickering? Parrot? Normal. Hour. Okay, so this is a story that comes to us from Bulgaria. Yeah, I, I doubt many people have heard of this. It happened at the very end of 1990 to late 1992. So, yeah, not real internet going on. No, Probably definitely not, not widespread uh, world news coverage. Knowledge of it, yeah. yeah. As, especially keep in mind that the Berlin Wall has come down. Right. The Soviet Union is collapsing. So there's just a lot going on. And yeah, Bulgaria is probably not used to like publicizing. Well, this was something they were trying to not publicize at that. Hmm. So there wasn't a lot of press. We only have this thanks to a Bulgarian journalist, Svetko Kanyev. He had kind of... Contemporary journalist? Or this after the fact? uh, Yeah, contemporary. So it it was at the time. He he broke the the story as it was happening. He was kind of friends with some big wig in the government. And he'd he'd sometimes just ask him for stories like, hey, what what can I report on? I'll give you some cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) And so he, yeah, he he ran across him one day as as he was in a transition, like getting into a van to go drive off somewhere, or something like that. He's like, "Give me a story." It's like, "I've got nothing for you, but go down to Tsarichina and see what's going on there." And so he did, and he broke this whole story. Yeah, and wrote wrote some big articles. He he even at one point was able to take a photographer with him down to this this village of Tsarichina. So that's that's where this is set, Tsarichina, Bulgaria. It's a really small village. I mean, like, there might be a dozen homes. Oh, wow. In this place. Yeah, real village. Yeah, it's like, this is the kind of, it, it's the size where, you know, Bulgarians don't know about Tsarichina. Huh. It's it's nestled in some rolling mountainous hills, nice and forested. I mean, it's not super far from Sofia. Oh, okay. But again, it's it's just people don't know about this because it's so small. So, this guy, Dimitar Kikimenov, he lived in Sarichna. So, first of all, his family had this oral tradition that this king, well, Tsar, Tsar Samuel, who was like a, this great king or Tsar in, in Bulgarian history from like 980, that he had buried a treasure in Sarichna. And it was this long lost treasure that no one knows about. So he has a dream this one night where four really important Bulgarian historical figures come to him. <laughs> and they tell him, Dimitar, you have the blood of Tsar Samuel in your veins. And he did leave a treasure. <laughs> and it's, it's up to you to find it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bulgaria needs this treasure to be found. Okay. Oh, okay. so <laughs> you don't even get a key. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, this is, like, this is like this is like national significance and import. Interesting. Okay, so a couple weeks before he had this dream, Bulgaria had just founded the Paranormal Research Association. Huh. How, how long prior? A couple weeks. Okay, like two weeks, I think. Okay, so this is a brand new uh, association. I think it's part of the Department of Defense. Oh. Oh, this is like a government body. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a fish. Like, this is oh, a wow. state-run association is is, is the word I have. Up. I'll work for that. I know, right? So, you know, he has this massive dream. It's family tradition. So, he's got these two things lining up. He's like, oh, man, there must be something here. This must be real. So, he goes to this 
Paranormal Research Association, of course. Yeah. Tells them about the oral tradition, tells them about this dream. And they're like, yeah, okay. Okay. Let's go check this out. Let's do it. Dude, I just got here. I, you know, <laughs> let me get some coffee. Did they tell him where it was in the dream? No, other oh. than in the village, yes. Okay. Yeah, but the specific location, no. So they say, okay, let's go get it. Yeah. What do they do? Right. I'll get there. Mount so up, suit up. So one of these big wigs in this, in this, I'm just going to call an, ag- an agency, paranormal research agency. One of the big wigs in this agency, his daughter is a psychic. Let me back up. There's another guy who's actually in the agency who's, sometimes has psychic moments as well. So that guy, when he heard this story, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I had that dream too. We don't know if he had a dream of these guys coming to Dimitar or if he had a dream where the four figures came to him. Okay. Either way, there's he a claims second there's a dream. person now who's had a same dream that, yes, there's the treasure of Tsar Samuel is in Tsar And this guy's kicking okay. himself like, why didn't I tell the boss? <laughs> <laughs> I had that weeks ago. <laughs> So Dimitar, he goes back home. He goes back home to Tsarichina and this this small crew of like six officials. All part of this. <laughs> I'm shocked there's more than like two people in this. <laughs> I know. Well, so I think a couple of them might have been just like normal military guys. Then you had a couple of, of actual people from this new yeah, agency. The, the civilians. And then the one guy's daughter as well because right. she's a psychic. Right. Um, they head out to Tsarichina. Again, no one knows where it is. Like, they take a wrong turn, and this woman, Ellie Laginova, she's the psychic. Yeah. She's like, whoa, hold on, guys. No, we're going the wrong way. Turn around, get back to that fork, and take a take a ride. Oh, she's a good psychic. She's a good psychic. And from that <laughs> moment on, she leads, leads them exactly to Tsarichna. She's never been there. She doesn't know where the village is. No internet. No. Yeah, no Google Maps. No GPS. Well, no Atlas. It's up there, but they don't have access to it. <laughs> Outdated Atlas because the Soviet Union is no longer a thing. <laughs> and, and yeah, turn for turn, she gets them. No sneaky magic exactly going to fool her. Oh, man. Okay, hold on. We'll see. So that right there is kind of crazy, <laughs> right? Like This is a big story, man. When my wife tells me to go to CVS, I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> if I just start driving, I'm not making it. <laughs> Well, that's because you live today. <laughs> Things were different back then. Yeah. You had to get around a little bit. So uh, another footnote I wanted to add in here. These like Eastern Bloc countries, from my experience at least, from things I've read online, you know, they're more accepting of like psychics yeah. and, and mysticism, all that kind of stuff than we would be here. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Soviet Union was investing in and, and testing remote viewers and things like that, you right. know. Remote viewers. Oh, are you talking about like that? Those LSD fueled yeah. experiments like that CIA, uh, yeah, Stranger so Things are based on. Staring like, at ghosts. Yeah, Stranger Things okay. does remote viewing. Yeah. CIA uh, started their own program that, once they found out Soviet Union that, was that movie with George Clooney about the goats. It's a similar program. That. I don't know what that is. Funding funding came from a different source. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> slightly different chain of command, but uh, yeah, pretty much the same. Men that stare at goats. That's what it's called. <laughs> the movie. It's about that? a real no, thing that I've we did in <laughs> the sixties or seventies. George Clooney. Yeah, it was seventies. George Clooney. It's amazing. All right, anyway, I'll have to look it up. Sorry. So, Laginova, the main psychic on this, she gets them to Tsarichna. The next day, they start digging. I don't remember how they determined where to start digging, but they started digging somewhere. They d- dug like a fifty-foot wide trench. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Pretty large. They they got in there, eight feet deep. No signs, no indications of like leading to something, you know, a treasure. So they go back to Laginova, like, hey, like, what's up? Are we in the right spot? Should we be expecting something yet? She's like, oh, no, actually, you guys are in the wrong spot. It's actually 100 meters over this way. So they fill that back in and they start digging at this other place. Classic psychic. (laughs) And they've got this nice, big, brand new excavator that they brought with them. Brand new? Mm Mm-hmm. Good for them. Oh, yeah. Probably from Greece. It's not Yugoslavian for sure. <laughs> if it's nice. <laughs> Political history. I get it. <laughs> so they start digging and like this thing breaks down. It is Pretty Yugoslavian. Soon. Magic. And so they ask Laginova about oh. it again. And uh, 
Demeter's like, oh yeah, they did say something about having to do it by hand. <laughs> it's funny, like he's he's not in the story past this point. Like, oh, there's no even mention they about bumped Demeter. The guy out, huh? yeah. Poor kicking men off. It's his freaking treasure, man. <laughs> yeah. So they ask her like, what's going on, and she says, "Those above blocked the work of the excavator so that it would not break anything." Oh my gosh! Yeah, you got to get okay. some archaeologists in there. And then she says. This is a game of chess. It's a dangerous game of chess that you can checkmate. So the last move is the most important. This is your move. This is the place and sign of digging and opening. This will be the salvation of great Bulgaria. This will save your country from destruction, from the doom of disintegration, from its crystalline fragility. It will become steel strong. She's like floating in the air with her head back <laughs> and just like glowing eyes. Probably. <laughs> Wind. <laughs> That Lord of the Rings voice. <laughs> you shall the have a queen. queen. <laughs> <laughs> and like she, th- this is the reporter reporting this. Is he okay. down there with them as this is happening? Yeah, thanks. So this is Colonel Kanyev. He he's one of the guys very involved. He's he's like he's in there digging. Hmm. He's one of the guys seeing this whole thing through. Hmm. He wrote a book about this whole experience. No way. And so there's a Bulgarian website with four very large articles summarizing this entire book. Cool. So this is all Google Translate of those articles hmm. that I'm getting all this info from. That's pretty dang good. Yeah, so all the quotes, it's it's just Google Translate translating this this website. Right. Okay. Sounds okay. legit to me. Yeah, not too bad. So yeah, we can we can thank Kanye for his for his book as well as as uh journalist oh wait no it's Svetko Kanyev is the colonel the journalist had a different name shoot anyway this like takes off really quick this has been like a day of digging a single day of digging right after the trench well I mean when you have a psychic working for you yeah like what do you expect and so the next day they find out oh Laginova and this other psychic guy are talking to unseen entities so we have these two figures yeah Roro and Kiki. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've named themselves. Laginova is t- speaking with Roro. Oh. And this other guy is speaking with Kiki. According to Google Translate. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I, I can read Bulgarian script. Oh. The names are Roro and Kiki. Oh, okay. Yeah. An interesting side note. Kiki Mora is... Have you, have you heard of Kiki yeah, Mora? Yeah, Polish creature. All, yeah, all of Eastern Europe has... Kikimora is in their in their folklores and everything. Oh, it's, it's, mythos. Yeah, it's it's also in The Witcher. Uh huh. One of the major oh, monsters in Witcher. Terrifying looking well, Witcher. That's oh, not yeah. what the lore. The Witcher comes like. from oh. Poland, so. Right. Oh, so yeah, I, I, that was just an interesting connection to me. Kiki, Kikimora. Okay. Which would lead me to think this is like an evil being. So, Kiki and Roro don't see eye to eye. They're they're kind of at odds with each other. So you have these two psychics speaking to these two different entities who are trying to guide this crew on where to go, how to dig, what to expect. Um, And uh, each psychic is always talking to the same individual? Yeah. Okay. So pretty quickly, they they just decided, all right, we're just going to go with Laginova and Roro. She's been most helpful so far. She's the daughter of the colonel. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's probably what it was, right? Salute and move forward. And the other guy just kind of left. And then we don't ever hear from Kiki again. Oh, I would love to know what Kiki was saying. Yeah, I know, I, and I don't, I don't have anything of that. But so, like, they jump in full bore, enthusiastically following Laganova and Roro. Okay. okay, and at some point they had kind of they from speaking with Roro. I mean, it it sounds like every day they're speaking with Roro, regular contact, regular communication. And I also got the impression that sometimes she would just write it down. Laganova would just write it down. Mm-hmm. And other times she would speak it and other people would write it down as she's speaking. Like simultaneous interpretation. Yeah. Very prophet-like. So they got this, this some message that made them understand, okay, we're going to be finding a door pretty soon. And I think it wasn't super deep, like maybe 10 meters deep. They, they should That's be finding a door. That's deep to be digging by hand. Uh, 10 meters. Okay, 10 meters. Yeah, no, sorry. Three. So that's, over, that's over 30 feet. I mean, they get down there. Yeah. They, they get deep. But yeah, maybe maybe it was like five meters at this point. And they found some weird things, like a mirror and this triangle of like an unknown material. Unknown material? Yeah. Oh. And, and so they, they finally find 
what they think is the door, though. And they they make this 43-step plan. 43 steps of how they're going to open this door and what they're going to do, like, as soon as they get inside. Um, it includes things like spraying a disinfectant, wearing hazmat suits, and, and face masks, installing a degasser, checking for poisonous gas. Yeah, so it might getting be like oxygen down there. Uh-huh. Putting a veil over the entrance so things can't come in and out. Worried about biological contamination, chemical contamination. Yes, absolutely. Um, kind of like when they're, you know, excavating certain parts of the Egyptian pyramids and yeah. things, very similar things. And so they, they got their plan, they're suited Start up, they're ready to go, and they try to open it, and it doesn't work. No. And so the, they they eventually realized, like, they were supposed to, like, reflect sun what the uh, at the, like, the exact right time. Sunbeam was going to come down. They're supposed to reflect and it hit something in a certain way and that would open the door. What? No. So they missed it. No. Chance gone. No. Wait for the next month. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't this isn't how the real world works. Don't question the colonel. Hey. <laughs> so Roro gives them alternate instructions on how to get in. Oh, no. Oh, so they chose the wrong person. Kiki would have gotten them in. <laughs> <laughs> and they start all this other digging. But it includes like new hazards and they have to like dispose of a biological defense plate expose of dispose of i mean dispose a biological it's defense like, plate what's this door look like i don't know man i don't know i i would love to be able to read the book okay i'm calling there it, are so many details i'm calling it right now roro's an alien and this is an alien treasure go on <laughs> okay so they do like they 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 destroyed this plate covered in no one knows what kind of bacteria and diseases and stuff. I don't even understand what this plate is. I, I don't either. I, man, it, there's just so much mystery around it's this It's like three-quarter inch steel or something. I'm thinking, think of Bulgaria in the early 90s. Well, they don't, this no, is not see, sophisticated So they equipment. keep finding materials and substances that they cannot explain. And like they sent it off, they shipped it off to scientists and- Bulgarian scientists? Uh, <laughs> just yes. And they're I'm sure you're great. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Geologists no, yeah. and everything, just, you know. It's a the like, time period. That's all we're saying. And, like, no one knows. They're finding, like, pink and yellow soils and stuff. And soils that become soft when you apply pressure to it. Like, just all kinds of weird things. They're finding blocks. Intentionally placed blocks and structures like that as now, they continue digging deeper and deeper. I'm not saying it's aliens, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> How is this not on ancient aliens? <laughs> That's a great question. Roro eventually says, it's not so easy to enter my home. You have to enter the hall first, then the kitchen, and then the living room. What the crap? I don't like this. And so... I do. This is awesome. <laughs> I, well, I mean, it's awesome, but I think this guy is like, he's trying to get out. He's projecting his like trapped entity... And he's, they're trying, he's trying to get this guy to let him out. Astral projection. So, event man, at this point, they're like meters and meters deep, and it's a full-blown tunnel completely underground. It's not just a straight hole shaft that they've dug down. Yeah, so there are some pictures online you can find. This is a full-blown tunnel. Okay, the hallway. And, again, they've, they've gotten instructions and directions from Roro this whole time about how to get past and dig through different difficult materials but they finally get to this let's see yeah that's a pretty large stone 160 centimeters by 50 centimeters by 120 centimeters so um, meter and a half by meter yeah. and a half by half meter right so so three by three by yeah. one and a half feet no wait sorry no that's like five by five by yeah one and a half feet that they just no matter what they did they could not get through it so they finally decided well it's time to bring in a pyrotechnician no we're going to blast blow this up thing. Roro's kitchen. Roro's going to be so So mad. Roro said, re referring to that stone, you will fight with it like an ant with a bean. <laughs> oh, and then Roro's that's clearly been down there too long. <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> hungry. Nothing but ants and beans to watch. <laughs> that's when they decided to bring in a pyrotechnician. And then Roro said, once you've decided to use gunpowder, use it. I can't tell you how to do it. Call in a specialist. He may not be military, but he'll be smart and a specialist. That's it. <laughs> uh, could you be a little less enigmatic? I Roro? know. Yeah. Th these messages are, they're, they're just so weird. And again, you know, Google Translate is helping add to the oddness of the messages. Uh, sure, sure. But f yeah, from that point on, 
they're basically blowing this tunnel out. And the really surprising thing is like it is continuously a nicely shaped square tunnel. And even the the journalist when he I'm sorry, just to make sure I understood that. As they blow up more and more and more, it remains square. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Weird. So yeah. nothing else is blowing out. Yeah. And so that's what like every time Roro Roro talks about where they're going, he always mentions like it's a specific path. Like there's this one way you're supposed to be going. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. So almost like this tunnel was put in place in this specific material that will be easily, more easily removed. removed. But yeah, so it was filled in. Yeah. If the top uh-huh. of this tunnel is intact and is stronger than TNT, I'm assuming they're using TNT and they're throwing a cigarette on it. They're blowing <laughs> it. Toss it. So Soviet. You're terrible. <laughs> but I'm assuming, but the ceiling stays intact to create yeah. this completely square that means it was filled in yeah. on mm-hmm. the way out. Mm-hmm. Sure. Someone was backfilling this thing. Yep. That's insane. So, like, from here on out is where it, it gets – it stays largely the same as what I've described, right? They're, they're excavating, getting instruction from Roro. They come to impasses. They have to do different things. But, you know, all this while, they've slowly learned new things. They've consulted other psychics. One of which is Baba Vanga. Cool name. Yes. Baba means, you know, grandmother. Her her name is Vangelina. So Baba Vanga was like a world-known psychic when she was alive. What was a name like that? How could you not be? <laughs> Some report... I'm Baba Vanga. I don't know. I'm Baba Vanga. <laughs> Some report that she had an 80% accuracy rate on her predictions. So Laginova is the one who reached out to Baba Vanga. Why? Wait, who did? I don't, Sorry, who did? Laginova, okay, the, like okay. the, the lady yeah. who's been Rose the main psychic. mouthpiece. Uh-huh. So here's what Baba Vanga said, that when they reach a tunnel length of 100 meters, steps will be revealed two by two. And from there, we will enter a room where we will find the first person. But what kind of person? This is not a person. It's a monkey, yellow, hairy, and withered, she says. This line astounds me. Oh, sorry. So this is actually the colonel's words. Baba Vanga's words. The question is, have you found a human head? Someone replied, not yet. Then she asks, have you found the obelisk? And the reply is, yes, we're finding obelisks. And then Baba Vanga says, are you finding symbols? To which someone else replies, yes, geometric symbols, triangles, circles, and crosses. Then Baba Vanga says, this is a big secret. Who will unravel the secret? You will reach a capsule. The content canned. That's a good Google Translate. You do not know if the capsule is pressurized. What are you going to do with that monkey? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, and there was a monkey. What are you going to do with that monkey? You guys got to think ahead. Plan a little bit here. (laughs) Neither man nor woman. If the airtight lid is opened, the creature can be revived from the air. What are you going to do, I ask, when it wakes up and speaks? I, what? That's Baba my, Vanga for you. My mind is... I, Baba Vanga, so, I, uh, she's I just a, tell you what I was saying. She's not to tell you. So by this point, they do know Roro is an alien. <gasps> I got it! And Roro has been communicating to them biologically is, is what they, it says. To Demeter. Yeah, so... He exactly. could project, did, like... Did he project... Those that dream to Dimitar, but Probably. okay, okay, wait. Uh, this sounds a lot like a choose your own adventure story that I've read. <laughs> <laughs> Not kidding. Go on, Josh. I um, multiple obelisks. <laughs> Apparently, thanks for that Apparently. one, Colonel. I don't uh, know. They've been finding this all along, and now we're just hearing about it. <laughs> right. What's up with that? And then, um, okay, various symbols. This so is for, a big secret. And they so it's like a cryptography, cryptology type problem. And uh, presumably the obelisks aren't being blown to bits as they're, yeah, presumably made out of the same material that the walls and floor and ceiling are. So meanwhile, all this time, Loginova is also being, I'm going to use the term, downloaded. <sighs> this insane script, some language, like linguists have supposedly looked at it. It has no relation to any earthly language that is known. She wrote it down. She, she like, wrote, wrote it down. Uh huh. 
and supposedly linguists have also determined, however, that it is, it is indeed a language. It is showing expected types of patterns. And did they find any punctuation? Because it always bothers me when <laughs> alien languages have no well, okay, well, Cambodian, Thai, for the most part, they don't have punctuation. Oh, I didn't know that. So there are some of our languages that Traditional don't either. Chinese <laughs> didn't use punctuation. Well, clearly yeah. they're aliens. Classical so. Chinese. <laughs> my, oh, really? But, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. It sounds like a problem for AI. Hmm. Uh, Baba Vanga. Yeah. <gasps> we need to make an AI and call it Baba Vanga. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> Noted. Okay. But, but like, the things, the communications with these aliens, like, just keeps getting crazier. All right? I believe it. Let's see. Like, at one point, Loganova asks, who are you? Who am I speaking with? This had been a while in. The response is, the higher mind speaks. So, this is a new entity that we don't know yet. Today, I will speak to you. In the meantime, Roro has been replaced as your guide by Sorrel. The crap. And now for business. They're very matter-of-factly in the, in the way that they communicate. Okay, like, logical. They've been trapped for, who knows, millennia. <laughs> you have two options. To continue straight to the front entrance of the Pyramid Temple. What the? <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes, it's a pyramid. But it will be very difficult for you. Or to change direction to the right, where it will be easier for you. Where does that one go? I don't know, but they chose the right. So uh, this wasn't the first instance where they've actually been presented a couple of options where they could choose for themselves. They're playing with them, yo. Like I said, uh-huh. choose your own adventure And story. so that's another thing that Colonel Kanye pointed out a couple of times. Like a lot of the crap they say is just never came to fruition, was completely pointless, just fluff. Like the head? That was Baba Vanga. That wasn't the aliens. Oh, Baba Vanga being a a psychic, not Baba Vanga getting a download. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Baba Vanga hadn't been communicating directly with... It's all all Loganova. Oh, so they chose... But that the name. aliens have still... <laughs> they, they have impressed upon them that there is something that they will find of immense significance. Yeah, block of cheese. <laughs> yeah, the world's greatest cheese. It's a rat race, and they're just testing us. Um, Are you going to go hard way or easy way? Uh, I'm going to go the easy way. Okay. Oh, noted. Okay, okay humans like easy things. <laughs> I swear there's going to be something at the end. Just keep going. And like they start like kind of poking fun and, and joking with them. The aliens? Yeah, like, so like Sorrel at one point, Sorrel says... So now time is flying fast and you're getting used to being underground life and you don't want our contact anymore. But you are moving quickly towards the goal. There's only one direction. There is no dividing stones. There are no two directions. It is one and it walks its marked path. There can be no mistake. This is it. <laughs> Sorrel, what a joke. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. He's I'm been sure you're getting used that. to underground life <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> He's been practicing that one for a while. <laughs> um, it's like, I can't wait until they're down here. I can tell them that they're getting used to I finally got to use that line. <laughs> so, so this, this, this is why we don't get downloads. Yeah. <laughs> this higher mind entity, it would only speak with them on the first day of each month. And it's so like at one point, like they had this whole Q&A thing. Or I'm sure every month they did. AMA. <laughs> Ask me anything with the higher mind. So there was recently, uh, recently meaning at that time, yeah, they had seen an article published by Soviet scientists that they had discovered hell, fourteen kilometers underneath the Earth's surface. <clears throat> so they asked Stranger things. They asked them about <laughs> this, and uh, the response was, "There is no hell under the Earth." Hell is now here on the very surface of the earth. Oh. It's such a mess. Burn. And incoherent now. There's no hell greater than this. So they have not arrived at any Dang, hell. That's Only true, scientific <laughs> and technological conclusions. But not that biblical hell. There is no real hell. So like there are a couple of these instances There's... where they're dropping like, like seriously deep stuff. Just Dang. playing with them. Yeah. Like, uh. They asked them about science one time. Like, what what should we do to improve our science or something like that? Or And, like, it's not so much the science as much as it is the human perception and understanding of how you can communicate and things like that. 
But I am limited. I can only communicate the first of each month. So, (laughs) (laughs) are you there? Can you hear me? Is that that their way of warning us against all the meetings that we have at work? (laughs) Yeah. Can you put in an email? Just put in an email. You don't gotta Um, talk. We don't gotta be here. Just zap that thing over here. Okay. Last last fun quote. Again, they were asking who they were talking to at a different point in time. They got the response. It is spoken in a collective name. You will now be governed by the United Galactic Federation. No, some made up word. Kalark Forum. I should read what it says in Bulgarian. There is no shield. There are no chiefs of staff. No shield. Like, yeah, I, I, totally I don't even know what that refers like to. And then it says there is a shield that includes all the leaders in the galaxy. And they make up the Kalark Forum, led by the higher mind. It also includes Sorrel and Roro and others, which do not concern you by name now. Aggregated impulse information is obtained, which synthesizes and provides a generalized opinion. Okay, okay. No, it's a democratic board of governing aliens, uh-huh. aliens led by the higher mind. And Homeboy is like, I'm talking to you directly now because you're in tune. Okay, now. Strategic Homeland Intervention and Logistics Division. <laughs> shield. <laughs> so at a, at a different there point. Is no sh- oh, there is a shield. Yeah. Oh, yeah. snap. Yeah, there's yeah. shield. At another point, they ask the higher minds, it's like, who else are you talking with? Are you talking with anyone else around the earth? The response. <sighs> the American president. <laughs> no. Here we go. We communicate through the old Bulgarian language. It is an intergalactic language. Therefore, our contacts are limited to people who know this language. Uh, all right. Communicating with humans 101. Make them feel special. <laughs> yeah. Oh, human intelligence. Ego up. You're the... I can, we tried, but the rest of them are all idiots. We're the only one we can talk to. Bulgaria. So like I'm that. I'm a higher mind, man. Like, I just can't. That wasn't the first time where they spoke about kind of, uh, hey, you know what? I'm going to use that American term. Bulgarian exceptionalism. I'll mm. put it that way. Mm-hmm. And about mm-hmm. how Bulgaria needs to return to its great strength. You know, things in that vein. So Vain is the, is the right word. Yeah, vain. Now... Because it's small. Here's the sad part. I wish I had a different spelling of vein. I wish I had a better climax. But after two years of digging and not really finding anything real, by that point, all of like the top brass in the defense ministry had changed out. Um, So you have the new people who are like, you spent how much money on this? And you have nothing of it for us? They shut it down. But what Get about those out. materials that they'd never seen before? I don't know. The obelisks. Yeah. So <laughs> the language. <laughs> it's the obelisks. They shut it down, but they also thought it'd be best to try to conserve it, which I guess the only, I'd say they only yeah. did it to a certain degree. Governments are not great at that. Yeah. So like they took some precautions to secure some walls, you know, to prevent collapse. Um, and they sealed off some other kind of like doorways and entryways and stuff. But then after that, they dumped two trucks worth, like two concrete trucks worth of concrete to seal off with a big old plug, like the very entrance. And it's since then now grown over and it's it's covered up. Like Dynamite, baby. People don't really even know for sure where the entrance. I mean, by nowadays, you know, LIDAR would easily find it, but it's. No, not LIDAR, but ground penetrating radar. Would, yeah, yeah, sorry. Thank you. Not LIDAR. Okay, so. I hate you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Bulgarian government. So I don't know if you want to give me your reactions or I've got verifiable actual results from this and then my own conclusions. What? I'm just angry. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> you need some rock and roll right okay, now. So, okay. <laughs> some master of puppets. Here we go. Master of puppets. The things that we at least know are like verifiably true eh, for the most part. I think I can say that safely. They did... Sp- <laughs> They did spend two years digging a tunnel (laughs) that went about 68 meters deep. Whoa. So, yeah, that's 230 feet or so probably. A tunnel, not a shaft? One being vertical? This is where it gets kind of frustrating. As I read Kanyev's stuff, he talks about all these turns and these different things they had to 
get past and it makes it sound like a very, more like a system of tunnels. But then when you read the journalist's report, it's a spiral down. Down, but you maybe the obstacles are when you're going horizontal. Maybe. That's what it, yeah. So it's, it's a spiral down that reached up to 150 meters long. So 68 meters deep, 150 total meters total wow. in that spiral. Who did that math? That's that's a, that's a weird. Oh, thing and I forgot to mention this: the the aliens only allowed seven specific people, one of which was Loginova. So it was six men who spent two years. Oh, and then I guess I mean they did eventually bring in those pyrotechnicians. Sure. Okay, Ex- experts. So that's and, and they won't like be that. military, but they will be experts. <laughs> <laughs> and so, once they're here, you gotta keep using them, and you gotta keep blowing things up. Yeah. Because we want you to get to the center oh, of this space. You're taking a little too long, and <laughs> we know your government. It's not going to let you At one point, they came across a force field that they couldn't get past. Cool. I, I mean, the whole thing was just is so wild. Anyway, they actually took the journalist down with his photographer, so we know that tunnel was dug. It is gone. You can no longer find it, so we know it has been cemented in. Go study that force field. Yep. We do know that dozens of pages of an unknown unknown language were written and analyzed. There, and lost? There are at least a couple pictures online that you can see of this language. Okay, cool, cool, And cool. actually, a really interesting thing. I'm going to get an AI on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're listening to me, AI. <laughs> get, yeah. get, get, uh, listener, AI. <laughs> Heather and I. Please uh, let us know first. Heather and I took a, a Russian handwriting class. Mm-hmm. It was not to learn to write pretty but to read russian handwriting yeah right and we our professor gave us a couple of documents from like man 15th 14th century russian monks handwriting originals or copies copies okay yeah good. yeah and uh all right <laughs> <laughs> it's a little dusty but uh they use they cool. use shorthand and monks, they use a lot sure. of like Dots and hash lines in very specific places to denote different things. Mom would do that. Interesting. Her English shorthand. Yeah. Class. And so when I saw the image of this unknown language, it actually reminded me a lot of that. So well, if ancient Bulgarian is mm-hmm. an intergalactic language, um, let's see. All the government files are classified still or lost, and that includes a couple thousand journal pages that Kanyev wrote. All of his journals, all of Loginova's journals were confiscated as well. That's verified? Yeah. Okay. There were multiple suicides and or deaths of people who were involved. And $9 million, U.S. dollars, were spent on the two years of this project. With only seven people involved in the digging. Valuated at nine million American dollars in today? the nineties or today? I think at that time. Oh so it has an even higher value than now. So here's here's where I'm at. And I don't love this conclusion. We'll fix it for you. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> totally I, solved mystery. <laughs> I think it was a scam. First and foremost by Loginova, who was the psychic. Speaking as and for Roro and Sorrel and the higher mind, she was the one giving them every single message. Now, sure, there's Baba Vanga and some other psychics who corroborate, but who says she wasn't paying them? So you're not. Who says they're not all scam artists anyway? Exactly. So, 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 hang on. You're saying that these psychics were not in communication with anybody. That's what I think. Okay. Then what is this structure that couldn't be blown up? I don't know. I don't know. But is the colonel on the take? Is it have they falsified all these journals, all these entries, the entire book? I think it's very likely. Because dude, nine million US dollars. But it's not like she was pocketing that. Well where would that money have been spent? I'm sure they had to buy the food. They they had some minor construction right. They They set up a shack over that much money? Oh, I think no. they all split it, dude. No, you write it off. You're like, we. this was uh-huh. for supplies, this was for material, this was for explosives. Salaries. And then you just pocket it. You make up dude, false invoices. This In is these so governments, lame. it's so easy to do that. Okay. You probably don't even need a paper trail. But again, with all of the national sentiment that was 
weaved into these messages about the Bulgarian people being, there was other stuff that made it sound like the Bulgarian people were the, the seed race of humanity. So even Baba Vanga? You never know. Baba Vanga. We and and again, the, we were the fact. Name an AI after you. We f- still are, but I'm I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they were given the choice themselves of which way to go multiple times, I think it's just like Loganova buying time or something. And but seriously, what was this structure? I'm in looking that at pictures, town man. that nobody knew how to get to. I know. I don't know. It's it's a crazy story. But like, I'm looking at a picture of a tunnel. With a like almost perfectly smooth flat ceiling. Yes. Okay. And that was something else that he. I, so that's why I'm not fully satisfied with this as the answer. But like, do I believe there's a proto human down there? No. Could it still be Sar Samuel's treasure? Why not? An alien place, seed of human life, a way to make a lot of money. I mean, I. Heck, she could have been pocketing that money while still actually communicating. I don't know. Maybe explosives are, like, really expensive. Not that expensive. (sighs) Well, if this isn't just the ultimate disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listener, you just experienced the same feelings as we did. The emotions are raw. We should all go listen to some rock music and uh, anger and uh, beat the anger out. Thank you. Thank you. Dang it, that's what I was going to do. Oh, shoot. Do it. You're going to do it better. Thank you for being our brother. Wow, did that might be too energetic, though. Okay. (laughs) We'll take another run at it then. Okay. For, For being, being our, our brother. brother. <laughs> <laughs> that, the first one was <laughs> Gotcha. For show notes, rockin' merch, and other brother goodness, check out our website at anotherbrotherpodcast.com. Be sure to come back next week. And tell your friends so they too can become a brother over there. Brother over there.